Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Denver Stiff Show, recorded very late. I am your host, Ryan Blackburn, at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. Uh, Going solo tonight to recap and to kind of talk about the big picture for this Nuggets team that it's in a tough place right now, and I think the the Los Angeles Lakers game really highlighted a few reasons why. Uh, We're going to talk about that game. We're going to talk about uh, how the Nuggets can close the gap on this Lakers team for for winning a championship. And and then we're going to talk about Michael Porter Jr., Jamal Murray, and Nikola Jokic, and how they can all blend together and figure this thing out. But first, got to go with the bad. Got to talk about this awful game. Uh, the Nuggets lost to the Los Angeles Lakers 114-93. to This game was looking pretty good in the first half. Denver went up 58-46 to after a tip-in by Jokic at the buzzer. Uh, Denver leading by double digits going into halftime. Unfortunately, they only scored 35 points in the second half. The Lakers scored 37 points in the third quarter alone. They sc- scored another 31 at the back end of that. So 68-35 to 35 margin in the second half of this game really kind of underscores just how poorly and awfully Denver played on both sides of the ball. Uh, I'm not sure where it started. Michael Malone will say that it started on defense and I understand that. I I do get it. But the offensive rating that Denver gave up in this game was 118.6. Defensive rating was 96.8. Obviously, or no, the, uh, yeah, so like the the Lakers, they dominated on defense and they dominated on offense through the end of that. I tend to think that the problems more started with the offensive end and that Denver, they stopped scoring. And when they stopped scoring, they tend to let go of the rope and that's a problem when you're when you're starting Jamichael Green, Paul Millsap, and Nikola Jokic. Uh, when you insert Michael Porter Jr. into the game in at the six minute mark of the third quarter, Denver only scored six points the rest of the way with Michael Porter Jr. in the game after that six minute mark. Uh, that's a problem. They have to be able to score the basketball if he's going to be out there. Uh, it comes down to Jamal Murray. It comes down to Jokic. It comes down to hitting shots. There were a lot of big factors in why Denver lost this game. One of them was that they shot 28.6% from three, eight of 28. I was highlighting this on Twitter at the beginning of the game that, hey, they only shot five uh, three-pointers in the first quarter, and that wasn't the right pace for them to be able to stick with a team like the Lakers that is dominant on the interior. The Lakers only shot 24 threes tonight. They made eight of them. They shot 33%, but they pounded the Nuggets on the interior. And it started with a bunch of fast break points. It started with getting into the paint and getting to the foul line. 
Uh, there was a lot of foul trouble in that third quarter. That wasn't the reason why Denver let go of the rope. I think they let go of the rope because they turned the ball over. They couldn't navigate the offense. And even when they just missed, uh, they they gave up a lot of fast break points. Uh, 25 to be exact. 25 fast break points in a game is is really high. Um, Denver gives up, I think, on average about 10 to 12. So they doubled that. In, uh, the Lakers doubled that in this game. And that was that was basically the story, I think, is that Denver would have been close had they, they kept things close uh, in transition. But transition starts on the offensive end. I, I This is where I'm going to fundamentally disagree with Michael Malone, that you have to force the other team to take the ball out of the basket, out from under the basket, as opposed to getting a rebound and pushing the tempo, especially when Denver's playing two power forwards, really two hybrid power forward centers at the three and the four, along with Nikola Jokic. They don't have the defensive presence to be able to just stop fast breaks. They have to stop them by forcing the opposing team to take it out from under the basket and and, and have to walk the ball up up the floor. That's a pretty big indicator that there, there's a lot going on with Denver right now. Um, the energy in that first half, though, it was really good. And, and I thought that the green Millsap Jokic pairing, it worked pretty well. Uh, they did exactly what they wanted to do. They bogged down the game, slowed things down. LeBron was LeBron, but Anthony Davis wasn't his normal uh, tempo, his normal pace. Um, that was a, a matchup that Denver had a lot of trouble with. And by the end of this game, it kind of looks that way again. Uh, Anthony Davis had 13 points on just eight shots, uh, got to the foul line six times. Nine rebounds, two assists, three steals, two blocks. Uh, I mean, it's it's just an all-around performance from him, of course. Uh, LeBron is, of course, the, the driving factor of that 27-10-10. and 10. Uh, But Denver really had some problems, and then it started with Dennis Schroeder and then Taylor Horton Tucker getting into the lane. Uh, they were very efficient in that. Um, that's, a, that's an issue that it's, 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 an all, it's an all-team problem. It's not just Jamal Murray. It's not just Will Barton. It's not just Monte Morris. It's not just the rim protection. It's it's sort of everything. Um, but again, I do think that this starts with the offense. I think that there there are a lot of questions about how Denver can can fix that against a team like the Lakers that plays very physically. Um, I think Jokic. He had 13 points tonight, 10 rebounds, six assists. We shot six of 16 from the field, only two free throws. Uh, it's another bad game for Nikola Jokic against the Los Angeles Lakers, against Anthony Davis. I thought when he was matched up against Marcus All, he was doing pretty well. Uh, but when he was, and even when he was matched up against Anthony Davis, I thought he, he did fine. Um, the problem is, is that he saw constant double teams. He saw when, when they went to him in the post, they didn't let Jokic, uh, they didn't let him do what he needed to do. Uh, in order to kind of drive the rest of that offense. The Nuggets had to put the ball in Jamal Murray's hands very frequently, due to, and that had mixed results. Uh, Will Barton, this should have been a big Will Barton game. It was not. Uh, Paul Millsap shot 3 of 13 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3. Did have 10 rebounds, and so you give him credit for that, but uh, Paul Millsap has to make shots. Him playing 32 minutes a night or in, in this game, like that's a that's a really high number for somebody like him. Um Jamichael Green did a good job of, of when he entered the starting lineup. I thought he did really well. 
Uh, he had 14 points on 10 shots, eight rebounds, four offensive. Uh, similar to Paul Millsap, but he just made his threes, uh, which I think it really is a big difference there that, hey, if if Millsap can't make his threes and Jermichael Green can, then Denver's got to find a lineup where every player is an offensive threat. Every, every time you touch the ball, uh, the opposing team feels like they have to panic. Uh, the Lakers let Paul Millsap shoot tonight. And that was that was pretty evident based off of the box scores. Like he doesn't normally get 13 shots, uh, but the ball found him consistently, and he couldn't make the Lakers pay. Murray was good overall. Uh, he had 20 points on 17 shots, had five assists, did have five turnovers. He was a a leading minus uh, minus 17, uh, but he played 37 minutes and and was on the floor when the Lakers made their run. Uh, he also saw double teams, especially when Jokic went when he was off the floor. Uh, the Lakers would double Murray, and the Nuggets just didn't have enough guys that could make them pay. Uh, Michael Porter Jr. He shot three of ten, zero of four from three, uh, eight points, three rebounds. It just wasn't a great game for Porter overall. Uh, I thought that when he came into the game at the at the middle of the third quarter, that the tide really flipped for the Lakers and. You never want to see that because I, I really do think that Porter is the key to making Denver as great as they can possibly be, but he has to meet Denver halfway. Uh, Kyle Kuzma outperformed Michael Porter, and it wasn't really close. Two steals, two blocks for Michael or for Kyle Kuzma, three assists, 11 points on four of nine shooting. Michael Porter, one steal, no blocks, three rebounds. 3 of 10 for 8 points. It was it was just kind of an ugly performance from him overall. Uh, he had LeBron James defending him on a couple of possessions. He had Anthony Davis. Uh, he was facing a lot of attention, to be clear. But this is going to be a situation with him where he's going to have to learn how to deal with that pressure. That involves getting in the weight room and adding some strength. It involves improving his ball handling, his comfortability with the ball in his hands. Some of that comes from his own personal training, but a lot of that is going to come from reps too. Denver's going to have to give him the ball and help him figure it out because that is going to be how this team figures it out. Is they're, they're going to give him opportunities to grow. He's going to make mistakes, and then he's going to be good. I, I tend to think that that's generally the pathway that they're going to have to take, uh, but it doesn't seem like they're willing to do that so far. This was the right ma- or this was the wrong matchup to have MPJ out there though. Like I thought that the Green Millsap Jokic pairing was pretty good. I thought that Denver didn't make enough shots. Uh, that starting lineup was uh, let's go see five of twenty. They were five of twenty from three. If they go eight of twenty and they shoot forty percent as opposed to five of twenty for twenty five percent, things look a lot different. It's important to recognize that, the, hey, if, if some of those shots go in, then things things look a little bit better. But even beyond that, there are still margins that they probably need to change. I think that Millsap needs to play a little bit less time. Um, and against a team like the Lakers, where even they didn't even shoot that well. Like, they shot 33% from three. It could have been even worse. Uh, that's not a great sign for, for where Denver is at right now. Uh, the Lakers are clearly above them in this pecking order. Um Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about how the Nuggets can close the gap. We'll be right back. 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we're back. Denver Stiff Show, Ryan Blackburn here. I didn't want to spend a ton of time on that game because while it is fascinating and while it is important, um, everything that was good for Denver in that first half was basically wiped out and then some by an awful third and fourth quarter. Uh, there were there were good moments. I thought that Murray hit some really nice shots. I thought that Jokic sort of dictated some things when he was facing Marc Gasol uh, when they let him kind of go one-on-one a little bit. Uh, But when things got really physical against the Lakers, the Nuggets didn't really have an answer. Uh, Jokic is not a very physical player, and the Nuggets in the style of offense that they run, it's not very physical. Uh, That was pretty evident with the the way that the Lakers kind of turned up the heat. The Nuggets weren't able to take advantage of that and get to the free throw line. Uh, They need better shot creators in addition to Murray, and I think that's... Michael Porter would be would be great if he could uh if he could add some off the dribble game and some strength and some flexibility to be able to get to the rim a little bit more. Uh, when he did get to the rim, uh, he was blocked by Anthony Davis. That that's a it's a pretty good encompassing of of where the Nuggets are at right now. Um, but let's talk about how the Nuggets can close the gap because I think that they really took a step back in this matchup uh, with regard to the personnel that they brought in. Uh, Tim Connolly, uh, he had a, a pretty bad offseason for this particular matchup, I would say. Uh, starting with the draft, uh, Denver added RJ Hampton, who played two garbage time minutes tonight, and Zeke Naji, who played two garbage time minutes tonight. Uh, in free agency, they lost Jeremy Grant, who was their primary guy uh, when facing LeBron James. Uh, LeBron goes off for a 27-point triple-double. Uh, they did add Jamichael Green, who I thought was a net positive tonight. I thought he did a lot of great things, despite the fact that the, the plus-minus doesn't look perfect. Um, he was a good add, and and it was a great pivot for Denver to add Jamichael Green at this point. And he might be able to be a guy who the Nuggets throw on Anthony Davis. Like, I, I could I could really see that as, as somebody, like, when they in the, when they are in their starting units, when they're trying to do those things, uh, when the Lakers are if if it's in a playoff series and the Lakers are going LeBron at the three, AD at the four, Marcus Gasol at the five, I feel pretty comfortable with Denver deciding to go Jamichael Green at the four and Nikola Jokic at the five. What I wouldn't feel comfortable with is Michael Porter Jr. at the three, which is why Paul Millsap got the start instead. And like Denver's not pretty. Denver's not going to be comfortable with Will Barton at the three in this matchup for obvious reasons that when LeBron is at the three, there's a 70-pound difference, and that's kind of a mismatch. And and I think everybody acknowledges that, and Michael Malone acknowledged it tonight. Uh, 
by the fact that he went to a different group. Um, but I still don't think that Michael Porter Jr. is that guy. And there are a lot of concerns there with this particular matchup. Uh, without P.J. Dozier, without Gary Harris, it makes things even more difficult that, that Denver has to rely on a smaller number of players. Uh, pretty much an eight-man rotation tonight around Mate Morris, Michael Porter Jr., and Isaiah Hartenstein coming off the bench, along with the normal Murray, Barton, Green, Millsap, Jokic in the in the starting unit. Uh, not enough wings. Not enough guys that you feel, okay, 6'6", 6'8", can match up physically with LeBron James, will make LeBron work on the other end. Uh, Porter is supposed to be that guy, uh, but right now he's he's just rail thin. And, and there are just so many problems with the, with the matchup that it's really hard to just see them have to go to that in that consistent, in that consistent direction. Um, relying heavily on Paul Millsap, again, it's, it's not the answer. And I think the fact is, is that Denver's just not in a position where they can really compete with the Lakers right now with the roster as currently constructed. Um. Uh, Porter's just not strong enough yet. He's he's not as comfortable as he needs to be with the ball as a ball handler yet. Now at the end of the regular season, if the Nuggets commit to him, would he be able to be ready? Maybe, maybe there's a possibility there. Uh, but I just think Millsap is it's it's not enough energy from him, and I think Joe Michael Green is just one man like. They have a good job. They have a good opportunity for a guy against Anthony Davis who could switch onto LeBron James in a pinch. That's how I kind of consider Jamichael Green in this matchup. Um, but they need somebody to guard LeBron and to also hit threes. That's really where, where you're talking about this. Um, is there a player out there that can help Denver close the gap? Is there an option that, that Denver has? I don't think it's on the roster. I think that you would hope that a fully optimized Michael Porter Jr. in his prime could do it, uh, but he's he's so far away from his prime. He just has so much to learn and so much nuance to to absorb, and in, in addition, he has his body to work on. Uh, I don't think Greg Whittington is the answer, even though he's probably the right size to, to start thinking about that. He's around 6'7", 6'8", 6'9", though I haven't really seen him, and nobody has seen him. I'm curious to see when he gets back healthy. I, I want to see whether he can uh, whether he can break into the rotation as the right-sized player. Um, but who could Denver acquire then that's not on the roster already that they could reasonably acquire that, that would help them in a matchup against the Lakers? Is it Bradley Beal? Uh, if you're looking to outscore the Lakers and not go into these situations where you kind of falter a little bit from an off from an offensive perspective I think it's possible I don't think it's likely I think that the Lakers would just put one of Dennis Schroeder or Taylor Horton Tucker or Kentavious Caldwell Pope one of those guys would go on Murray and the other would go on Beal and then they would just try to help along the back line with Anthony Davis and LeBron James and that's a that's a pretty tough proposition when you're when you're thinking about how to beat the Lakers at their own game. Uh, could Beal help Denver kind of bridge the gap offensively in different ways? Yes. Uh, and maybe that's what Denver should be doing and thinking about when they don't have Porter out there or when 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 Jokic goes to the bench and 
they have to rely on Murray and, and maybe, maybe Beal is better equipped to do that. I don't know. Um, Beal is very equipped to situations that where he doesn't have any help. So maybe this is a, maybe this is a situation that he would thrive in. I don't know. I don't think so. I think it's probably the wrong course of action to trade for a, a shooting guard when you need to match up with a, a small forward and power forward, uh, or, if those guys move to the four and five, I think I think you need to be looking for a solid three that can move to the four in, in different situations. So my list is this: Aaron Gordon, maybe not available, but at the right pl- at the right price, he can match up physically with LeBron James. Uh, he's one of the only players in the league that I feel can, while also providing ample offensive value. Uh, he's a great playmaker, rebounder, defender. Uh, if, if the shot is dropping, then he's he's doing really well. Uh, Pascal Siakam, uh, he's not perfect, but I can I can definitely see a world where uh, Pascal Siakam and Jamichael Green are the three four combo that Denver's looking for in this situation as a very switchable duo uh, who can slide to the four and the five at when Jokic is off the floor. Or they could slide up and play the three and the four next to Jokic when when there's another center on the floor. Uh, I like that possibility if you're if you're really looking to match up with the Lakers. Uh, Harrison Barnes, good, not great. I don't think you add Harrison Barnes to block Michael Porter Jr. I don't. I think that's probably not a good enough piece to do it. Uh, Otto Porter Jr. Probably the same thing with Harrison Barnes. I think he's he's lost a step for sure. Kyle Anderson, Torian Prince, James Johnson. Those are kind of bench options that you would think to to kind of bolster the bench unit as, as a rotational piece to really help out Denver. Um, maybe that's what Denver should be looking for. Maybe Denver should be trying to add a, a 6-8 piece to their bench so that they can move Porter into their starting lineup and not feel like they have to rely on the small guard units that they usually go to. Uh, maybe that's something that they consider. I don't know, though. There's, there's a lot to think about with this. There's a lot to think about with this conversation. Uh, but I think it's pretty safe to say that there may just not be a player that offers a solution for Denver, especially not one that they can really acquire. Like in this situation, you would be thinking about a Kawhi Leonard or a Paul George or uh, a Jason Tatum, um, somebody that you hope Michael Porter Jr. could develop into. But the fact is, is he's not quite ready yet. And I just don't think that those other guys would ever be available. There just just aren't that many guys that that can really match up in that way. So let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Murray-Porter-Jokic trio and, and why I still think that Denver should be sticking with it. We're back. Denver Stiff Show. Ryan Blackburn here. Final segment on this podcast. Uh, talked about the Lakers-Nuggets game. Talked about how Denver could possibly decide to close the gap. I think that that gap is going to exist unless they make a trade. That is that is how I feel. I don't think that Michael Porter Jr. changes that. Even they fully optimized Michael Porter Jr. that's playing 30 to 35 minutes a night and is averaging 25 points a night. Like, 
Denver still needs to be able to defend. And there is certainly merit in that. <laughs> like, hey, look, maybe Murray and Jokic are enough. Maybe they're not enough. And, and maybe you need to find that out. Maybe you need to find out that Murray, Porter, and Jokic are not enough before you decide to make major changes. But the thing is, is that Denver isn't really discovering that. They're, they haven't really invested enough time into the Murray-Porter-Jokic trio to figure that out fully. Is Porter fully integrated? No. Uh, are the Nuggets talented enough to make it work against most teams anyway? Yes. Uh, but they can't settle for that. Not in this case. Not when a championship is on the line. Not when the future of the Denver Nuggets franchise is on the line. Nikola Jokic is having an MVP caliber season. He wasn't great tonight, but most nights he, he really is great and, and deserves the credit for that. Jamal Murray, I trust him in the playoffs. I trust him to reach a new level in the playoffs, despite the fact that he's not perfect in the regular season. Um, he really has put up very similar numbers in this regular season to a lot of the numbers from last year. And I give him a pass for that because Denver has larger goals at play, and they're trying to integrate Porter. They're trying to figure out a new rotation and a new a new offense, and Jokic is taking more of the reins. So some of those touches have to come from somewhere, and, and Murray, I think, is kind of seeding a lot of those touches that he would be normally taking if he was trying to make a star leap in full. Um, I still think that Michael Malone has been dealt almost an impossible hand at this point. Imagine this. Imagine if the Detroit Pistons were the championship contenders that they were, but then instead of drafting Darko Milicic in the uh, with the second overall pick in the twenty three dra- in the two thousand three draft, what if they drafted Carmelo Anthony instead? How would that change their system? How would that change how they how they operate? It would drastically change their identity. They were a defense team that that really shared the ball that ran their offense through uh, Chauncey Billups and and Rich and Rip Hamilton. Uh, Tayshawn Prince was awesome. Mello would have come in, and I don't know if he would have started immediately. I think that people kind of assume that in that situation, uh, Mello's going to lead them to two, three, four championships. It's just not that simple. There's just so much chemistry and cohesion and continuity that comes from being a championship caliber team, being a playoff caliber team, and then having your identity completely flipped. That's what Michael Porter Jr. is currently doing right now. And it's okay. That's how Denver needs to operate if they want to go from playoff contender to championship contender. They need to be the team that other teams game plan for. And right now, the Nuggets are still pivoting. They're still trying to figure out how to match up with the Los Angeles Lakers. Partially because Michael Porter Jr. isn't fully integrated yet. He's not fully ready. And the Lakers, they don't have to send all of their... They don't have to change their game plan. They don't have to change their their setup, their uh, mentality, their rotations to match up with Michael Porter yet. If they did, then maybe that changes the matchup. Maybe that changes how this thing goes. Maybe the Nuggets, once Michael Porter Jr. is fully integrated... Look like a completely different team, but a better team in the long run. I think you got to try. Michael Malone, he's been dealt an impossible hand. He has to work in this player 
this young player who's extremely, incredibly talented, elite shooter, um, and he has to work him into a chemistry that already worked for Denver that got them to the Western Conference Finals just last year on short notice with a shortened offseason and after Michael Porter Jr. got COVID or, or, or dealt with health and safety protocols. They haven't had enough time. They haven't had enough time to build that cohesion, that chemistry, uh, that trust. I said this on Garbage Takes with, with Jenna Garcia and Matt Moore last night that this is going to take time. It was always going to take time. It was always going to take effort from all parties that if Michael Porter Jr. was going to get involved with how this Nuggets team was going to operate, it was going to be because everybody had to sacrifice and everybody took the time and everybody made a concerted effort to get him into that starting lineup and to get him the help that he needs to be the player that he can be. Some of this is on Porter. Some of this is on Michael Porter Jr. to learn the defensive schemes, to not be a complete liability on that end, and when the offense does find you, to not screw up. How many times have we seen Nikola Jokic throw his head in his hands because Michael Porter, instead of working the offense, he, he takes a, a contested turnaround fadeaway from the mid-range? Or instead of understanding what he needs to do to come get the ball and really be involved in the offense with Jokic, Porter doesn't recognize it. He he sits stagnant for a second and a half while Jokic is looking at him, trying to get him to come towards him, and Porter just doesn't really understand what's going on. That's a problem. But it takes time. And it takes a dedication, and it takes a willingness for all parties to go through the bumps and the bruises along the way so that out on the other side, you look like a new team. You look like a new title threat that has three dynamic players that can operate as the fulcrum of the offense at any particular time. I genuinely believe that the Nuggets have the talent to win a championship. I don't think they have the I don't think they have the chemistry right now. I don't think they have the rotation right now. But their overall talent level is at that level. They just need to exchange a few pieces, give up a first round pick here or there to get the right guy, and I think that they if given time, could really make this work. Michael Malone has to dedicate some of that time. This has to happen sooner rather than later. Michael Porter Jr. has to be a starter at some point. And prolonging the inevitable is not going to... It's, it's just not going to win Denver any more games. It's not going to win Denver any more games that actually matter. Because... What happens if the if the Nuggets run up against the Clippers in the playoffs? What happens if they run up against the Lakers and Michael Porter Jr. still isn't ready? I don't know who that's on. It's probably on Michael Porter to some respect, but I think it's probably on Michael Malone as well. It's probably on Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray, who have both individually said that they need to integrate Jamal Murray or uh, Michael Porter Jr., excuse me. They need to integrate... Michael Porter Jr. into what they do. Everybody understands it. Everybody realizes it and feels that he can really impact things and that even though he plays the game in a different way, that way isn't always bad. That way isn't always a negative. Uh, it's hard when you watch games like tonight 
to then turn around and say, oh, Michael Porter Jr. needs to play more. If you, lo- if you watch the game tonight, you understand that Michael Porter Jr. was pretty freaking awful. He was really bad. But it still has to happen. This is the price of development. This is the price of trying to develop while you have championship aspirations. Very few teams have to do this. Very few teams in that championship window get the opportunity to develop a once, not not a once in a generation, but like a once every five years level of shooter. Like, this dude is unbelievable. He could be the next Clay Thompson. If you let him. If you give him the confidence to. If you put him in a position where he has the confidence to take some of those shots and he isn't pulled. Michael Porter Jr. has to dedicate himself to that defensive end because that's just what Michael Malone needs him to do. And it's probably better in the long run that Michael Porter has to earn that defensive uh, that defensive credit. He's had some moments where his defense has been good. He's had a lot more moments where his defense has been bad this year. And so many of those moments come in really key situations where Denver wants to get him the ball. They want to get him to do the right things. And it's on Michael Porter Jr. when he messes up defensively. Both things can be true. Both things can, they are true. Michael Porter needs to play more, and he also needs to make less mistakes. It's a very tough line for Denver to walk right now, but I do think that they will be better for it if they do walk it. Denver has the talent around Murray and Jokic to make this work. Jermichael Green has been a godsend for Denver this year. Uh, Monte Morris was awesome off the bench once again. Uh, 16 points. He did turn the ball over again, so shame on you, Monte, for turning the ball over as a point guard. You're not supposed to do that. Uh, But Denver needs more talent. They need the right amount of talent. They need the right position. They need the right pieces to surround those guys with the most talent that they could possibly have. Because I think that Denver could be wasting their opportunity right now. And if they're not planning for right now, then they need to plan for the future. And the future does involve Michael Porter Jr. If you don't plan on playing him, trade him. Go get somebody who can do some of those things, whether it's Bradley Beal, Pascal Siakam, somebody else that I'm not even thinking of right now. You got to do what you got to do. And I think that Denver would be wise to start putting Michael Porter Jr. in the starting lineup and start this process earlier because it's going to take time. But at the end of it all, they might be better for it. That's going to do it for this episode of the Denver Stiff Show. Thank you for tuning in. I really appreciate everybody. Uh, We will have more shows on Monday with the Pickaxe Podcast with Zach and Gordon. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast. Five stars on iTunes if you can. Share it out there. Make sure everybody gets to hear my rant about Michael Porter Jr. I think it is deserved. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and I'll talk to you guys next week.